And we're live. Welcome back to the epic episode Rivalry of the North Week. Gold Podcast. Yes. This is the one you've been waiting for. Dude, this is the it one like, I have been waiting to unleash on, and I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna let it flow, brother. I can't help it. I can't help it. Kay. I have so much coursing through my veins, I can't control myself. All right, let's go ahead and do the song we prepared. All right, give me a beat. <laughs> There's a cougar. <laughs> Wait, you see, <laughs> dude, we are not rappers, we are not singers, we are gentlemen, and we're, we're doing podcasters. a country rap fusion there. All right, yeah. um, so we it's gonna be a little different today because um, I don't know, we we've did we have an agreement we're gonna still be friends or is that like off limits too? We might not be friends after this episode. We're, we're still friends, but we're also we're speaking the unvarnished truth, my friend. Okay, we are letting go. Truth. Some of our truths don't need varnish. No. First, congrats let's, on your let's fancy recap. varnish helmets. Hope that makes Let, you feel better about your ugly insides. Let's recap first before Jerk. we jump into this week. Okay, let's, <laughs> right. let's start with the recap. recap. Utes, 2018 South champs, baby. It feels freaking good. Yes, thank yeah. you. It feels good. Here's the thing that's amazing about it. Okay, is yeah. a week and a half ago. Well, I guess, I guess maybe two weeks ago. It, after we lost our quarterback, and all of a sudden, boom, news starts leaking that Zach Moss is out for the year, and it was devastating, and we're DMing all kinds of people saying, is this true? Have you heard this? It, it might be true. And, dude, yeah. it seemed like all hope was lost, but no, these boys rallied with a backup quarterback, our backup running back, and we looked like we didn't even miss a beat. Beat Oregon, yeah. go into a terrible condition in Colorado with snow and ice and destroy them there. It was incredible. Mm. Yeah. Oh, it's been good. Yeah. Likewise, it's been great for BYU. They, um, despite losing Corbin Kafusi, that stud defensive line, they go into 167th ranked in the nation, New Mexico State University, and took it to them. Yeah. BYU is back, right? They are so back. So, yeah, equal. You know, we understand each other. We both had great weeks. Yep. See, you were celebrating that victory over New Mexico State. And here's the thing, okay? So Utah won. They beat Colorado, which set up uh-huh. all we needed was Oregon to beat Arizona State. And yeah. so it was like literally like watching two Ute games in one day because I was as emotionally invested in that one as I was yeah. in the Utah game. Every every fumble or interception Oregon had, I was angry. I'd throw yeah. my hat. I was stressed. And then... I mean, Oregon tried to give it away, man. They tried to give it away. They had four they turnovers. Did. The fourth one, they're driving at midfield with two and a half minutes left. They're just trying to run the clock out. He throws a pick at midfield. I was like, I can't uh-huh. freaking believe it. Arizona State's going to win this. But boom, magic happens. So we're living right on and off the field. The Lord stepped you, in. You definitely were. Well, and magic too, uh, you know, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. The Pac-12 ref giveth and the Pac-12 ref Sometimes take it away. And watching that touchdown live, I thought, too close to call. They're not going to reverse that call. Foot out of the end zone. It wasn't until a day or two later that I saw on the internet a screenshot, a freeze frame. To me, it looks like, you know what? That Arizona State receiver had the ball in his hands, his foot there. It looks like a little bit of color before the white of the line of the end zone. I agree. But now, dude, you, it, you can't expect the refs opi- to make that call. My opinion, he was in. The funny thing yeah. is, though, they didn't even review it. You yeah. know, they said, oh, we reviewed it really quickly. But you think that's as important as that two-point conversion was? Right. You think they'd stop to review it? They didn't. They just said, nope, sorry, onward. Yeah. But, hey, it worked out for us. And as soon as the clocks are running out and I realized Oregon could not could run the clock out and we were the South champs, dude, just euphoria, man. And yeah. more than euphoria, just relief. Relief because right. I'm so sick of hearing, oh, Utah's the only team that hasn't won the South. Utah hasn't been the South. Hey, Utah hasn't been the South champ yet. Hey, Utah hasn't been the South champ yet. All that's over. All yeah, that's gone. Yeah. We can never have to hear that again. No, yeah. Tec- technically, you were. <laughs> I don't want to say. I'm just messing with you saying technically. We, you no, are. We were. You were. We were. But the, and I've anymore. seen. I've seen what you've seen. People who don't love the University mm-hmm. of Utah are uh, downgrading that. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna roll this right into a humble brag. Okay. All right. I my junior year in high school was homecoming royalty, and it, it felt cool because homecoming royalty is like you know King you're not Hadfield? running for it. Yeah, I Dude, when I was incredible. a junior, and and it was this thing where like pre my junior year, I was I'm kind of a dork, you know, and like junior high, it's like 
the cool kids win the elections that are like cool, like they're jerks and they wear cool clothes, and everybody in junior high loves that. And then yeah. by the time you're like a senior, it's like nah, the genuinely good people typically are the ones that get there. And and I was you know a little bit closer to that genuinely good person, but not quite. I mean, the people that won my senior year were really deserving, great people. Junior year, I was like, you know, I'm. The funny thing, so it was just open nominations. Everybody could write whoever they wanted, and then they had an election. And this guy, <laughs> this guy, he says to me, like, the day after it was announced that I won, he was like, he's like, yeah, congratulations. He's like, yeah, the weird thing is there really wasn't anybody, like, that cool on the ballot this year. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, like, that was such a, like, not nice thing to say, but he was right. Like, I looked at the other five guys that were, like, up for this homecoming nomination, and when I saw who was nominated, I was like, I think I might win this. And then I did. But then to have that sentiment be out there, be like, well, yeah, Benji won, but, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't really that great, you know. But I'm like, And I kind of feel that way as Utah won in a, a really bad year for the Pac-12 South. But you know what? That doesn't matter. They won. And let's not discredit the accomplishment of them winning the South. That's going to be in the record books. That's not even just a two-person, like, Kane Bronson. Who are the two guys that say national championship 2008? Dude, Anderson Hester, get it. Tattoo Anderson it on your tattoo, tattoo it on this, your face, man. This is not an Anderson Hester Pac-12 championship. It's a legit Pac-12 South championship. That happened to be in a down year. Then you know okay. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pile on and, and say asterisks by it. I mean that it counts. It counts and it's official. It counts. And, and you done. know what? I'm still and not it will gonna be done you, forever. I'm still not gonna let you get away with that even because let me <laughs> tell you something, okay? I'm on your you side. You can call here. it down year all you want, but here's the fact: there was one team from the South that played the four best teams in the North. One. Yeah. Everybody else missed one or two of the four best teams. We're the only team that played Washington, Washington State, Oregon. And Stanford, the only one. Everyone else missed Oregon or Washington or Stanford. Right, so, yes, right. maybe the South was down a little bit, but our schedule was tougher than anybody else because of the four teams we played in the North. And if you want a little reading, and you can send this out to all your friends that like to say they backed into it, if you want a little reading, go ahead and read uh-huh. John Wilner's article on the Utes and the South champ. He says in the history of the Pac-12, the seven years they've been champs, that this Utah team is the best champ of all of them. Because of that schedule. Because not only did yeah. they play the four best teams in the North, okay, they did that. Not only did they do that, but they had two back-to-back road trips where they were on uh-huh. the road back-to-back times. And it and it shows that teams never, ever win both of those. Not only did we have that once, we had it twice this year. Yeah. Twice. Not only that, we had five Pac-12 road games Four Pac-12 home games. So, yes, was USC down? Yes. But you know what? Their accomplishment, according to John Wilner, third party, not not a Utah fan, that Utah earned this thing, and they're the best champ in the history of the Pac-12 South. So, suck on that! Boom! <laughs> See, I'm, I'm amped, just, man. That's, I am, that I am guy, ready that's to a good go. quote. And, and that's the thing is, is for those of us that love um, hypothetical games, is it makes you wonder, like, if you could have a uh, – you know, a video game style, let's play 2008 versus 2018 or whatever. You know, it makes you wonder. Because they're they're not a bad team. Utah's not a bad team. It just sucks for the prestige. Like last year, how many teams from the Pac-12 went to a bowl game? Like most, uh, right? Eight. Eight or nine, yeah. Eight out of 12 teams. And that's that's great. And it just sucks that that there it, the door is open for those who hate the University of Utah to say, well, Arizona State's really the only one that's going bowling besides Utah, so how great was that? You had to beat one team. And it's, I know there's more than that. I know there's more to it than that. But it kind of looks that way from far away. And through Dude, the it lens It looks of, that way like through Utah. your blue lens, though, bro. <laughs> through the blue because lens, the, it the does. The fact it is does. this. We all had nine conference games. Utah yeah. won the most. Champion. No backing yeah. in. Nothing. In fact, we're going in freaking – with our backup quarterback and our backup running back and still winning this, there was yeah. no backing in involved, man. We grabbed this conference. We grabbed this division by the horns and said, boom, this is ours. So you can, yeah. you guys can sit there and you can say we backed in and it was a down year, but I ain't going to take it. I'm not because, dude, like I said, all those things involved. Backup quarterback, backup running yeah, yeah. back, five Pac-12 road games, two back-to-back road trips, and playing the four best teams in the North. Nobody else did that. Nobody. Yeah. That's why Utah is the number one Pac-12 South champ of all time. Boom. 
I like it. I like it. I feel like you think I'm saying the word backed in. I don't like backed in <laughs> because here's the thing. You shuffle the order, and it's not backed in. It just so happened that Utah played in the morning and Oregon and Arizona played in the evening. Had it been the other way around, it'd be like, yes. well, Utah, like, it just it wouldn't have been backed in. It's just the order of the way it unfolded. And you rearranged the schedule and said, okay, let's have the week we play this team versus that team. No, I mean, the results are all the same. So backing in just has to do with chronology. And do we really need to think about things chronologically? I mean, come on. We're, no, we're I mean, like 37 years old. We can, right. we can get past our chronological biases. Exactly. That's I don't what even this, know what that means. Chron- I just want to yell too. People, people that are so stuck on chronology, that's why there's so much confusion in the Bible. Because yes. the, the books aren't ordered chrono- chronologically, no, right? Not. So people yeah. see the, where it says revelations, you can't quote unquote add onto this, oh, they think we can't do that. But they don't realize Revelations was written long before lots of the other books in the Bible, you know. Yeah. So, so that if you ought, say that Utah ought, backed in, get get with the times and understand the Bible and get just exactly. grow up. Exactly. Read your Bible and then tell me they backed in. <laughs> exactly. It's late. Night. Yeah, it's late. Sure. We don't really don't record this late. No, it's not even really that late. I feel like it's late. No, I had a recorded, long. We recorded late the Washington game. That was one yeah. in the morning here when we recorded oh, yeah, after the was... Utah Washington game and you beat Wisconsin. That that was late. That was some of our best slash worst stuff, depending on if you liked it or not. <laughs> that was dream. Man, this has been a this right. crazy year. This has been, am I right? Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. What else do we want to talk about? Anything well, else we need it. to cover? That's I guess it. That's it. I guess Tune in next up. week. We'll recover. <laughs> we'll recap the whole. No. So basically, we, we've been we've been uh, we've been shooting down the argument that it it's backed in. We recapped yeah. a little bit. You guys, you guys destroyed uh, the Lobos. I mean, uh, the no, other team the New Mexico, right? Yeah, New Mexico State. So, yeah. Get it right. It's way For worse sure. than I the Lobos. I didn't mean to disrespect the the, the Aggies. Um, yeah. So here we go, man. It's it's rivalry week. <laughs> What do, what's yeah, going one on? Of the fun, one of the funniest things I saw too. So Utah, Utah goes all out showing their macho and like running around with their shirts off in Colorado, right? Like uh-huh. we're not afraid of the cold. Let's just practice with our shirts off. And then I think New Mexico State they had to have been watching TV that morning and seen it because you don't just randomly show up and you're like, I'm from New Mexico and I'm gonna run around with my shirt off too. I think <laughs> they wanted to be like Utah, but man, they were just so they just did not look good. It was like their offensive defensive line. They just looked they looked not athletic out there and. One of the BYU, play- it was like one of these subtle jokes that I love because most people, I think, totally missed it. Somebody from our side quote tweeted the picture of it, and they're like, "Yeah, it looks like the New Mexico State receiving core is getting a pretty good pregame workout or something like that." And you just look <laughs> at all these fat guys running around. And, oh man, that's that's good. That's flying over too many people's head, though. No, that's good. See, that's why. See that you enjoy that kind of stuff, and see that like this week, I've been I've been on edge, man. I, yeah. I I've I, I've been because it's it's rivalry week, you know. I can unleash. BYU Utah stuff and all the fight, the Twitter fighting has picked up quite a yeah. bit. You know all the quote tweeting, and, and you are in there. This, I was thinking about you. It's like, uh, it's like your antacid. You know, you know yeah. when, when when you can when things are starting to bubble over. I, I, this is a terrible analogy, but then you <laughs> no, we like a analogies. couple drops of antacid, and then it just kind of calms things down. Because I'm all angry, and I say, Benjamin, I told you to mute me, and then. You- <laughs> You come back with some joke, man. That just made you're like, ah, jokes on you. I turned your volume up to ten, you know. And you're, most you're people unmuted. wouldn't get that. Most people are like, what? But I, I got it. I laughed. I was, <laughs> I was relaxed for the next half hour. So you're keeping yeah. me, you're keeping me down, man. I appreciate it. I it's it's easy for me. I don't know if this is just me maturing. I've got a lot of gray hairs in my beard now. I I don't get. There's been times in my life when I would get just fuming, like blood boiling, angry at this, like not even at a real fit. It just the perceived emotion from a group of people, and it just I don't know. I'm I'm really beyond that. Like, and I found some way. And you could call me a bad fan if you want. I celebrate the wins, and I get over the losses within about a minute. I mean, I'm a bad loss, and I'm like, you know what? My kids are all alive, and let's go do something cool, you know? And I mean, not to downplay that's an important part of life. Like having, I, I've had some close health scares with my children in the past before. And there's just, I don't know. It's, it's not worth getting too hung up on the uh, the bitterness of the loss. And and I'd like to think that it seems like it would be fair and just that the harder you take the losses the more you deserve to celebrate the wins. I've found a way to cheat that, though. I will celebrate the wins just, I mean, till forever, you know? I, I will yep. enjoy the wins like crazy. I don't even care about losses anymore. No, I I, uh, I still, I'm not, I'm not at your level with that. 
but I, I'm a lot more chill with losses than I used to be. I remember 2005 Utah lost to Colorado State at Colorado State. We had a first and goal inside the three, and we couldn't yeah. punch it in four times. Quinton Ganther got stopped at the line four times. And I remember I was so furious that it yeah. was like midnight, right? I ran outside to call my brothers, and I'm standing in the middle of the cul-de-sac at midnight, yelling in my phone. <laughs> Neighbor, Literally woken up two or three neighbors. Are you like, serious? Are, are wow. you okay? What's going on? Because I was so furious, and it like ruined, like the old John Beck quote, ruined my weekend, right? It like ruined yeah. my weekend. I couldn't sleep. I'm nowhere near that. As soon as I had kids, I've, I've chilled out a bit. Uh, but I still yeah. notice that when when the game matters more, the loss is harder. Like this yeah, Arizona yeah. State loss a few weeks ago because we had so uh-huh. much on the line. I was like, man, it really did kind of put me downer for a while. But for the most part, especially yeah. after the first loss, losses don't bother me anymore either. I'm over yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yeah. Man, it makes you wonder too if you're like a fan of Alabama, if like – you know, if if the loss, like the single loss that Alabama has in a year, like makes up for like the I don't know how many losses to be what you have five now, do you think that's like equal amounts of pain? It's just all concentrated into one dose. I don't know. I, I'd like to figure out. I'd like to find out though. I'd like to be <laughs> yeah, able to that'd be great. Have one loss every two years and find out if it hurts or not. Yeah, that's that's awesome. All right, well, we should yell at each other. Um, tell me, tell me why you think you shouldn't be afraid of BYU. Why I shouldn't? Yeah. Okay. I think, and this this is going to sound really arrogant, but it's just a fact right now. I think you Utah's can be better better than BYU across yeah. the board. I think our our lines will dominate BYU's lines. In the past, uh-huh. it was like I was nervous, but I'm really not nervous this year. Let me tell you why. Because BYU, yeah. looking at the stats, is 97th in the country in passing offense. They're okay. 85th in rushing offense, okay? Uh-huh. Utah's got the number five rush defense in the country, the number 14 overall total defense in the country. It's different this year, right? They're, this yeah. is the best offense we've had since Urban Meyer. This is the best okay. defense we've had probably in a decade at least. And you know what? This is the best special teams we've ever had, ever, okay? You add that mm-hmm. all together, We're dis- not only are we beating Pac-12 teams, we're destroying Pac-12 teams. We're humiliating yeah. Pac-12 teams on the road, at home. It doesn't matter. We're beating them soundly. Even if they're bad teams, even if like UCLA, who's only got three wins, they're still te- they still got a ton of talent. You look at Stanford at Stanford, they're technically sound team. We destroyed them. We are destroying teams, okay? So I look factually at the numbers. I look at the teams. I look at the talent. There are 10 guys on our defense that will play in the NFL legitimately. Mm. There are offensive studs. Uh, that will play in the NFL on the on the offensive side. And like I said, the best special teams we've ever had. So if I look at the numbers, I think if Utah shows up and we don't have crazy injuries or crazy turnovers, in my opinion, Utah should roll by three touchdowns or more. That's why I'm confident, bro. What about you? Oh, I'm not worried at all. Um, and and the, the reason is, like, you're forgetting one of the most important things. Like, what what podcast episode is this? This is number 15? Number fifteen, okay. I think last week was thirteen fourteen. So I think yeah, we did two and one last week. Okay, so Mm -hmm. fifteen. In these fourteen episodes, have I ever done anything deceptive or anything tricky or or somehow betrayed you in the recording and the integrity of this audio? (laughs) No, you have not. Does that mean this is going to happen this time? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm going to totally remaster everything you just said, and suddenly you're on my side, and you're. It's just. It's all going to be opposite. Uh, That's why I'm not worried. Yeah. <laughs> You're making my arguments for me because I'm editing Good. your audio. <laughs> Good. Good. Well, no, I think no, we no, no. I'm going to make a few points that are weak. They're weak. These are really weak points. But you assigned to me, you said we got to we gotta yell. We got to be passionate. So this is me channeling you in, okay. in this. So um, just very like off the record, I don't think BYU is going to win. <laughs> With that in mind, Was that dubbed Utah. Was that dubbed that in? <laughs> Utah, Utah and BYU are tied in a statistic that matters right now, and that is top 25 wins. Utah has won. Uh, wins over teams that are currently right now top 25. Utah has beat the team that right now is 22, Stanford. BYU has beat the team that is right now 25, Wisconsin. Okay? Wait, Wisconsin's back in the rankings? Wisconsin is currently 25. They're legit, and that was a good win, and that was a dominant win, and BYU and Utah have an equal number of top 25 wins under their belt this year. 
So, 50-50 chance, right? Because they're tied in that. That being said, uh, BYU only has one loss against the top 25 team, and that's to, to Washington, uh, who is currently number 12, while Utah has two losses. They've lost to Washington and Washington State. So, against teams that are currently in the top 25, BYU is winning 50%. Utah is winning one out of every three. And guess who's playing a top 25 this week? Not Utah. <laughs> BYU is playing a top 25 team this week. So that's a 50-50 chance. I got the numbers. It's, it's all written down right here. Dude, I can't I can't I can't argue that, man. That is that is sound <laughs> logic. I'm going to say this too. I've been thinking a lot about this. So th- this was like prophetic, okay? Especially when BYU wins this weekend, we're all going to be like, "Whoa." Beggie called this way back in the day, like five weeks ago, or even more than that. I put out this poll, and this, like, my polls are super. It was funny because I put up the poll next day about, like, ninjas or some dumb thing that, like, 20 people voted on and nobody cared. But this day, this poll I put out, it got retweeted a bunch, and it had 500 people respond. And so this is a pretty good sample size. And I was like, all right, fans, how do you feel about this? Like, Utah, fan, Utah wins the Pac 12 out. Uh, uh, Pac-12 South loses the championship game, goes to the Rose Bowl, something like that. Some kind of a scenario that's like very likely to happen now, and but they lose to BYU. I'm like, you fans, you take it. BYU fans, you take it. You beat Utah, but they get to go see all their hopes and dreams come true with the Pac-12. You know, so there's something for everybody to be happy about and mad about, right? And so I threw that out there, and exactly 25%, like not even where Twitter sometimes rounds the poll numbers, this was dead even. 25% of Utah fans said no, and 25% of BYU fans said no. And by the way, if you're going to do a poll like this, you can't, you gotta, you got to engineer it so that Utah fans can't vote on the BYU side and BYU fans can't vote on the Utah side. And that's what I did. You gave everybody something to be motivated by. You can't be like hands and be like, should BYU join the Mountain West? Please, only BYU respond. <laughs> that's not going to happen. It was like so not legit. So anyway, this was a legit, like the way the question was engineered was legit. 75% of Utah fans said, yes, I want to go to the Rose Bowl. I don't care if I lose to BYU. 25% of BYU fans says, no, I don't care about beating Utah. I don't want to see Utah go to the Rose Bowl. You know, And so these emotions, it's just weird the way it broke down perfectly and so what I'm convinced of is one thing Kyle Whittingham people are going to be mad at him and and it's going to be one side or the other I feel like if I'm Kyle Whittingham we joke about this and people are like yeah whatever he's going to take it seriously he won't he needs to really think about how seriously he takes this game because when you look at the statistics and this is what I it kills me I didn't have time I've been uh, by the way I'm like a TV star now my, my television show debuted yesterday and it's been this crazy busy week with like I, I've just had a bunch of stuff going on Costco opened today that's like a holiday for me we now have a Costco up in Fairbanks that's all by the way I didn't have time to research my statistics here. Utah has had a lot of targeting calls this year, have they not? They have had way too many. Way too and, many. And I wanted to research and find out where they rank among teams and statistically what it is. I want to say it's probably somewhere between 0.6 and 0.8 targeting calls per game against Utah. Would that be I can about think of, right? I can think of off the top of my head, five off the top okay. of my head, just like that. And, and this is in, in what, 11 games? So it's yeah, it, that, yeah. So yeah, you're you're probably pretty. That's just off the top of my head. I can think of five, two in the Washington game. Okay. Marquise Blair, uh, Phil, no, Phil, one, two, three, dude. There's six I can think one, of off the top of my head. Six. Yeah. So so we're at least at a per game risk of Utah losing a player to suspension for the Pac-12 game championship game that's the following week. A fifty percent chance that someone, and that someone's not going to be some scrub bench player. That's going to be a Cody Barton or a Chase Hansen or somebody. So, do you really want them in the game? Because you need them for the conference championship game. If you want to win, I mean, it's cool to win the South. Like, congrats on that. That's awesome. And I, I love too. By the way, this this is me being petty. All the the graphics that are out there, they have like Pac-12 South written really, really small. Like the South is like the word that they're trying to hide, and like champions, and like Pac-12 is big. It's like it is cool because you know, it, not to take away from it, but you're emphasizing champion and kind of um, minimizing that it's just the South. And I don't want to say just the South because that's a cool accomplishment. But how cool would it be to win the outright Pac-12 championship? And that's within your grasp. It has never been within your grasp before, and you're just on the cusp of it. And I'm seriously thinking if I'm winning him. I don't care about BYU. We rest certain people like Cody Barton that we don't want to get a targeting call and to be out there. And so you take the aspect of personal fouls and targeting, and then you add to it the risk of injury. There is wisdom in saying we're going to rest guys. And, and just like you saying this is not a backdoor back 12 championship, 
when BYU wins because Whittingham's going to take it seriously and rest key players, Utah fans are going to put an asterisk by this win all forever, and I don't care. It's going to be a win. So okay. that is something I'm optimistic about, that a win is a win, and Whittingham has some serious motivation to say, you know what, I've been coaching a dirty team forever, and it's finally caught up to me. They're not going to be able to resist targeting people, especially BYU, who they hate. They're going to get personal fouls. They're going to – by the way, here's one thing I, I did. Bro, okay, let gonna... me talk. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Dude, I had like eight points I wanted to touch, but you just kept adding more. There's so much to unpack. I forgot where you started, dude. Okay, let's but recap. No, let me, let me touch on that point. Let me touch that point. Yeah. Absolutely, you are correct in the fact, and BYU fans actually have acted like they hated hearing this this week, and I don't know why, because listen, dude, honestly, as much as we dislike BYU and how much this rivalry is, it it does. It pales in comparison that we have a chance to win the freaking Pac-12, because you're right. We have one game to play the winner of that game goes to the freaking Rose Bowl. Not like maybe we'll get selected. Not like, oh, we could, you know. No, we win that game. We're in the Rose Bowl, right? That's freaking huge. That's the Rose Bowl, man. That's the granddaddy of them all. That's the greatest bowl game of all time. We win this one game that we have on our schedule. We are in the Rose Bowl. I agree with you. I would sit especially, especially our quarterback because we only have one, you yeah. know. Yeah. Tuttle transferred. Huntley's injured. We have one quarterback. I would sit him, and I'd sit a handful of other key players. I really would. I really would. I'd sit Chase Hansen. But dude, as Witt said, how do you? These guys are competitors. Thoroughbreds want to run, man. That's what he said. Yeah. Thoroughbreds want to run. Let them run. And you know what? He's not going to. He. Let me tell you one thing, Benjamin. If there's anyone that hates BYU more than me, it's Kyle freaking Whittingham. Okay? Listen, 2009, Max Hall beats Utah on a pass to Andrew George in the end zone. There's a skirmish after. There's obviously two sides of the story, but we do know what ended up happening is a cell phone was broken in the Witt family, and there's a picture of some guy holding on to Witt's wife's arm. Okay? So whatever the details are, I'm not going to argue those. That's what Mm. we do know. Okay? Another detail is Kyle Whittingham was so furious, he promised... And granted, he can't control it, but he promised he would never lose to BYU again. So it is personal to him. And since that day, he has not lost to BYU. So while you hope he's going to sit people... He ain't, man. He's He wants that W. He wants that win. He takes it personal. He's the most competitive person I've ever known. Uh, well, I, okay, I don't know him. But he's one of the, <laughs> That's right. from you what I've seen, like he's one of the most competitive people ever. And he wants this win. So... I got bad news for you, my friend. We're coming fully loaded. And we coming, baby. Utah's coming. So you be ready Saturday night because we will be juiced. And that stadium is going to be lit, as the kids say, man. It's going to be an entire day of liquoring up for all those that liquor up. It'll be an entire day of adrenaline coursing through our bodies, those that don't don't liquor up. And it's going to be insane in there. I'm telling you, man, it's going to be a buzzsaw. Whether Utah wins it, which I, I laid out the case why I think they do, or not, it's going to be a crazy environment for a freshman quarterback to play in. Why would you assume that anybody in that stadium has a choice about liquoring up? That just flies everywhere. Like you yell like, touchdown, and your mouth is making that O sound for touchdown. Liquor's going to fly right in. Yeah. It's well, splashing. I mean, like you have no choice. As you walk in, they hand you your, your sacrament shot of, lick, of, of whatever, <laughs> and you, you have to take it to get through the portal. You shot it. You go in, man. I'm amped up thinking about this. I will say this. I agree, sort of. I would say if you were to sit down with Kyle Whittingham in a very candid like moment and post-retirement, he's not going to say anything like this right now, post-retirement, he will probably admit that there's a little bit of that Michael Jordan strategy where Michael Jordan would take some comment and intentionally misinterpret it to give him the competitive edge and say, all right, now it's personal. And he would, he would it is a little bit insecure in some ways, but he would say, all right, this hurts my feelings. I'm going to prove it to you. But you know what? If you need that to be a competitive, Go for it. Kyle Whittingham's smart enough to recognize that some douchebag on the sideline that's like assaulting his wife does not represent BYU. You know, he would admit that. I don't think he hates BYU as much as you it sounds like. But that being said, latching onto that and saying, I will cling to this and we will use this to fuel, it's worked for him. He hasn't lost since then. So it's worked for him. Uh, I think he's smarter than that saying, I hate them with a passion. I don't think he's Max Hall level of... I hate those guys, and this is personal. Um, But, yeah, it's worked. Now, that being said, I don't think anymore because 
his his buddy is. I think I think we're about to say the same thing. Yes. However, dude, him and Bronco, they did not like each other. They just you could see in their in their pregame chats in their postgame chats. They just the the things they'd say snidely. They just didn't like each other. Why though? Why? You know what? I don't know. I I think maybe from okay. I'm surmising here. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. I've got a theory. Let's hear your theory first. Maybe for Bronco's side because he always knew that he was the second choice at BYU to Kyle Whittingham. Kyle was offered the job first. It was in the paper that he was probably going to take it, and then boom, he t- he stays at Utah, and then he- and then Bronco becomes the head coach of BYU. So maybe that got under Bronco's skin, the fact that they offered it to someone else before him when he was the defensive coordinator for the last four years there, and he felt like he was due the job, not this guy from the rival school. So maybe that's why he dislikes him. I don't know. What's your here's- opinion? Here's here's what is going to look bad for both of them. Publicly, what we were able to see on TV and on the field when we were attending the games in person, every single time Bronco went to Kyle to shake his hand to talk pregame, he'd just go up and chat. You know, and I it seems like this was not coming from Bronco. This was coming from Kyle, which would kind of undermine the theory of Bronco being the one that started it, you know, of saying, I'm mad that I'm second choice, because it seemed like he was always reaching out and Kyle was never accepting. And again, this is just my eyeball test of saying, look, Bronco's walked over to Kyle again and again, year after year. It, It never went really the other way around. I had heard, and this is as rumor as it gets, because I don't even know where I heard it. And I don't even what know who said it. One of the three fights told you. It was a third Nephite story. Not even the third Nephite. It was the second Nephite that told this to me. Uh, one of the three. And and this is likely. I'm going to throw this out there as a hypothetical. This is something that could happen. Especially back in the Mountain West days, these two teams were recruiting the same talent pool. Now, if you're Utah, you've got your advantages you're going to use in your recruiting pitch. It's the sales pitch. You're going to show up. You're going to talk about your facilities. You're going to talk about uh, the passion, selling out, whatever, your cool weight room, like on and on. There's cool things that will sell you on Utah's unique place. If you're a BYU head coach and your job is to recruit to BYU, you need to use the tools that you have, the advantages that you have, and say this is why BYU is the place for you. Now, that's logic. Yes, that's logical. Yes. What are those I'm not going to make um, you say it because you're going to say there are none. <laughs> yeah, why don't you tell us? What are they? I, I attended a LDS private school, and then I attended a state school in the state of Utah, and then I attended a religious school from another uh, religion, another church. So I, I'm kind of well-versed in the private versus public, the uh, religious versus secular education. And so this isn't just an LDS school thing. This is any religious school. The fact that you can take religion classes and have them count for credits, the fact that you can like open your math class with prayer— And I'm not saying outright this is why everybody should go to BYU, but there are certain people in this country that that is appealing to, saying, you know what? I like praying before a math test, and I love that I can show up and be myself there, and I don't have to worry about someone like kicking me or making fun of me for being religious. You know, and so that, and and whatever many different forms, that takes on a hundred different forms of saying this is an advantage you have at BYU that might appeal to you, and I think you would benefit from being in this environment. Now, you take that too far, and that can come across as very condescending and self-righteous, and you take it one step further and say you won't get that there. Now, what I'm thinking is the same recruits hear the same different sales pitches from these two coaches over and over and over and over again. And when you're Kyle Whittingham, who, again, if you're to believe the rumors, attends the temple regularly, you know, you're a good guy. You're not less than Bronco because you're getting your paycheck from the state, not from the church. You're a good guy, too. You might take exception to hearing some of these things come back to you. And so my theory is Bronco or Kyle perceived a condescending we're better than you attitude that may not have actually been there but may have been something that kind of works its way through the grapevine through recruiting the same kids and he didn't like it okay I, can, I mean if that's your theory I I won't argue with it I could see that's, that that's my theory you could have yeah. thought about it a little and, bit and the, the funny thing is we, we both just had our theories and obviously yeah. we we blame we both blame the other guy yeah oh yeah it's the other guy's fault absolutely also, okay okay to your theory, though, what about what about when Bronco had that press conference and he said, "I'll never lose another recruit to Utah again"? You think that that would piss me off if I was the Utah head? Oh coach? yeah, there's yeah. lots of things, dude. They they just didn't like each other. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, yeah, the- Kyle was seven and three versus Bronco. Boom, boom. Here's a cool thing my dad did. Um, he when he had he was a judge like a real judge for real laws in like the real world thing. And when they were in, 
at, at the beginning of a long trial, you know, let's say there was a, a trial that was scheduled to go a full week, he would invite both attorneys and say, all right, when this trial is over, we're going to have dinner with spouses and the six of us will eat together, me with my wife and each of you attorneys with your spouse, and we'll just have a fun time. And he said that made such a huge difference in how people treated each other in the courtroom. I thought, I would like to think if I was the head coach of a football team that we would have some tradition like let's go have dinner with the other coach after the game. I would just love to see that in sports, you know? I feel like yeah, we need it, more of that. I, I can see that. Uh, that 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 would be great. But dude, the people in this profession—that's not going to fly anymore. <laughs> they're you not let, nice. you, I no. mean, most head coaches, most head coaches are egotistical jerks. They really they are. are. And you look at the uber successful head coaches: Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, t- just jerks, dude. They're—they're. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're—they're self—they're—they're they're concerned about one thing and one thing only. That their success, you know, everything yeah. else pale. And and most coaches, dude, that's just the nature of this profession. You, it wouldn't work, unfortunately. I mean, that yeah. sounds that sounds good. Maybe maybe in the millennium when the Lord is ruling and reigning, <laughs> that's the, that's when we realize the lamb and the lion. Like we're gonna realize like Sataki's nickname was the lion all this time. And anyway, <laughs> no, I I do think what we're what we were both hinting at there though was good. That I think with Sataki, I mean it it has I think tamed a little bit. Um, Okay, one more thing. Wait, are we done? What else were you going to rebut from my like twenty point rant? I don't know. I should have wrote it down because I was like, oh, I got to <laughs> touch on that. I got to touch on that, but I only remembered two points. I kept going and going. Um, yeah, I'm going to make my other point here because this is okay. this is something that legit bothers me a little bit. Like, okay. I don't care what people say, what people think. I get over things very quickly. But this notion that BYU is dirty and has been dirty for a long time, let me tell you about that. Last time I added up in anticipation of a BYU versus Utah game at the end of the season, and it happened to be a season where two, no, one terrible gif came about. And I don't even know if you'd say it gif or gif. I'm going to say gif because I usually say gif. Yeah, that's the way way I – yeah, forget the other way. Yeah, so you got uh, BYU lineman taking a upper thigh punch to a Boise State player. Would have been a nut punch, but he missed. When you watch that slowly, he missed. Unless that guy has, like, the biggest area <laughs> anywhere. He missed. You know, it wasn't really bad. It, it, it had bad intent, but it didn't land. It was fine. So you got that, and that goes viral. And then you got Kai Nakua punching a guy in the back of the head, and that goes viral. So you've got two moments that people are latching onto because they've gone viral. Statistically, BYU is not dirty. They do not get more personal fouls than Utah. This season, you want to take a guess of what our penalty, who's more penalized? Well, you already know because I'm bringing it up. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I can guess the numbers on them. So we're we talking about what are we talking yeah, about? I How many personal foul calls? No, or? no, that's the thing I ran out of time for. I wanted to really get into the nitpicky nitty gritty. Let's do this. Who has more penalties total per game this year thus far? This far into the season? Let me guess, Benji, the BYU fan, uh, Utah. No. Really? Yeah. BYU does? No. They're dead even. <laughs> they are dead even. Oh, BYU and Utah are both averaging 6.0 penalties per game in in this season up to this point. Now let's talk about penalty yardage. Utah has 601 yards of penalties while BYU has 556, which tells me that very likely if I were to dig into it, you would find more of the egregious targeting personal fouls. I mean, we already we know the targeting. In fact, that probably makes up for all of it right there. Uh, anyway, what I want to say is this. I was going to do this whole big rant on like essential oils and stuff. <laughs> you got to, at the end of the day, ask yourself, do you believe in statistics or do you believe in like what your aunt told you about her, like, hemorrhoids and what how she fixed it like you know there, there's data out there there's real data and you can latch onto that and say yeah okay people say BYU is dirty but they're not and the statistics don't say they are and you can be a scientist who's respected you could be the the Neil deGrasse Tyson of your fan base who's out there and people are like that guy knows everything or you can you can latch onto those gifts and be like look the evidence is all around me you stupid believer you didn't just say the evidence is all around me it, there's two gifts, and you see those like 50 times a year because your fan base loves them, and they have them ready to go at an instant notice. And you're this echo chamber, and you're telling yourself over and over and over, "Look, I've seen this BYU guy. It's like the desensitizing to to like shooting video games. Like you'd shoot 10,000 people in a video game, you're more likely to shoot a real person. I don't know if that's true, but it's the same thing. You watch this BYU nut pinch. 
<laughs> nut punch, net pinch would be worse. Nut punch 10,000 times, and you're going to feel like they're a dirty team, but they're not. So if you believe they're a dirty team, despite what the statistics say, you are the essential oils peddling ant with hemorrhoids of your fan base. <laughs> okay, Boom. I mean, that, that, that's sure. Yeah, if we're talking statistics, for sure. But no, I think, I think part of the problem is it falls victim to because they were so both egregious. You know, you have the nut, yeah. the nut pinch, and then you have <laughs> Nakua yes. throwing this ridiculous punch in the back of someone's head when they're not looking. Yeah, because of the shock value of it, they right. stuck out more and they were retweeted mm-hmm. more. And also, honestly, throw in the fact that BYU is an LDS school, yeah, uh, and w- with with the values they preach, it, it's it's easy for people detractors to point. Oh, look at so and so who's always preaching how amazing they are over there picking up a hooker. You know, right? Like, like it's it, if it were another school, people are like, man, look at that dirty team. But it's the fact that it's the BYU team who the yeah. values they they adhere to fly in the face of throwing a punch in the back of someone's head. Oh, I think I, adds I, to yeah. adds to the shock value of it, which makes it more memorable. Um, then you all, I mean, yeah, and, and plus they happen so close together too. I think they're like right. the bowl game and then the next game, the next season or something. So yeah, they're, they were pretty both close chronologically, pretty close together. And then you pair that with N- Nick Emery throwing a punch against Utah. So you pair uh, all those together. We need to it's talk like about Nick Emery sometime. Yeah, Nick Emery is another story. We should talk. We should do a couple basketball episodes sometime. We will. We'll do that. People. Yeah. Will, people will crave our basketball knowledge. So I think so. No, but I mean no, you got a good right, point right. there. If you know what I like about you, Benjamin. Let's throw out all the hyperbole. Let's throw out the sensationalism. Let's stick with statistics. I like that. Let's do that. All right, you're right. All right. Statistics, if you look at statistics, you're right, man. They're dead even in, in penalties. Utah may have more personal fouls. So let's 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 stick with these statistics. Uh, yes. let's see. Oh, yeah, do you have some more stats for us? I do have I mean, just because you know you brought it up, I thought yeah, we okay. well. Since yeah. you, you like stats, let's look at stats. I threw this out earlier on Twitter. That uh, that my my hypothesis is BYU's success yeah. is Lavelle Edwards because yeah. pre Lavelle Edwards BYU coaches are eight and forty one against Utah. Post Lavelle Edwards BYU coaches are four and twelve against Utah. There have been yeah. twelve total victories in the history of Utah versus BYU not coached by Lavelle Edwards in the hundred yeah. plus years we've been playing football. Uh, when was Lavelle, when was the last Lavelle, one? 2009. Oh yeah, yeah, that was Bronco. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. Yep. So you, I mean, Croton was one and three. Bronco was three and seven. Because Sataki's zero oh and two. Um, that you know, maybe you got to resurrect Lavelle and bring him back. No, no, no. All you got to do. Okay, what what made Lavelle Lavelle? Like this isn't. We talked about this already. Jump pass offense. There we go. Jump pass offense. You just got to think of something first. And, you know, I don't even care if it fails. I don't care if BYU hires the next four head coaches or five head coaches that have stupid jump pass ideas and they try them and fail them. One of them's going to stick. One of them's going to work. One of them's going to put us back on the map. And I think that's the thing that will overcome all these other obstacles because I was thinking about this more. Yes, we live in modern times where travel is easier, TV is easier. There's more appealing places for LDS athletes to play. They're more welcomed in a lot of different environments right now. And there are more comfortable places for them with other religious head coaches that are going to create a welcoming environment for them. But if you do something unique like that and you say, all right, we're going to create an offense that's fun to play in. We're going to get everybody's attention. We're going to do whatever we want. And you sustain that for 10 years, you're going to get any recruit you want that is a member of the church. And if you could just do that, if BYU could just say of the members of the church, we're getting whoever we want, they'll be just fine. You know, there's enough LDS athletes out there that they would be just fine. If, yeah, if you did get them, yes, yes. The difference is now, too, though, there's a lot of options for these members of these LDS churches to go. You look, dude, they're, yeah. they're all throughout the Pac-12. USC, Stanford, yeah. Washington, Utah, a lot of our – I mean, dude, you, even even Arizona State, their best defensive yeah. player, Merlin Robertson, is an LDS athlete at Arizona yeah. State. And so they're they're all there's so many options for them to go now. But yeah, you know, you, that point is is actually kind of true because in in a smaller degree, Utah did that this year when they changed their offense up to be kind of like the Rams with that bunch sets and the double tights. Right. You know, yeah. nobody else was doing that in college football, and we've had a ton of success with it. We, I've always said, Benji, 
if Utah could pair with our awesome defense, even a mediocre offense, we'd be unstoppable. Well, guess what? We have the number one defense in the Pac-12, and listen to this stat, baby. We have the number two scoring offense in the Pac-12 season long. That's amazing. Dude, number two. I, we, the highest we've been before that was nine. It's usually yeah. 12 or 11. It's the number two scoring offense behind Washington State paired with the number one defense. That's why we've been wrecking teams, man. We rolled through our yeah. teams in October. We lost our quarterback in, against Arizona State, which lost our mojo, and we lost the game. But since then, we put up 35 against against Oregon, and then we go into Colorado, who granted Colorado sucks, but it was a blizzard and it was snow, and we still put up 30 points, and we're throwing the ball over the field. We've got the best yeah. D we've ever had. We've got the best offense we've had since Urban Meyer and the best special teams of all time. Throw it to the fact that we have an awesome head coach. We have good yeah. coordinators. And even our position coaches, Gary Anderson, former P5 head coach, we've got great yeah. coaching. This year's team, dude, it's special. It really it's is. Good. It's different. They've come yeah. into their own, and they're they're a juggernaut. So the, this well, will be the, the best team I think you guys play all year, Utah. Yeah, R- recruits notice that too. Actually, yeah, the number, because I love Sagarin, Utah is currently 14, uh, BYU is 70. So, um, I mean, that's really the only stat we need to know, right? Sagarin has Utah at 14, BYU at 70. So, yeah, this will be, uh, let's see, Washington actually is at 12. So, technically, you're not right. But by the time the next two games are over, maybe you're right. Maybe you surpass Washington. Maybe you are the best team we play all year. Um, now, that being said, I got a point to make going back to Arizona State. Uh, and LDS athletes in Arizona State. I just lost. I had a missionary up here who was a tight end for Northern Arizona University. He's a really cool guy. We loved having him over and teaching, and and you know got to know him pretty well. He really wants to play at Arizona State, and so he's kind of as a missionary still in the loop on college football things like that. According to him, no Utah does not recruit missionaries. BYU does not recruit missionaries. Arizona State recruits missionaries. Did really? you know that? Yes. I did not. They contacted his buddy, and they're just like you know giving him the pitch while he's on his mission. Really, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Well, bless their heart. Bless their hearts. Um, what else was I going to say? I don't know. I think we made it. no. We we would be remiss if we did not point this out. Gosh dang it! This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. You know what I'm about to say, Doctor Polson, at Doctor Pat P. That was just awesome. It you know was the guy, awesome, man. and you know, do you know him personally, or you just know him through Twitter? Um, I know him through Twitter when his daughter when his daughter had one of her cancer bouts, I organized a Twitter fast. Um, yeah. and I got a Twitter fast going for her. Um, and, and we dropped off some gift cards and stuff at the hospital at one point for her. Okay. He's a good he's a good dude, man. He's a good dude. Yeah. 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 I mean he's you you've seen the pictures, you've seen this battle that his his daughter's struggling with all year. She got to meet Zach Wilson man. and that was so cool. And yeah. like when everybody else that's just living our normal, boring, normal lives right now is like making fun of each other's backdoor wins and how terrible all these statistics are, and like, like we really are mean to each other. And he's somebody who you got a perspective that's a little bit higher, and he's sick of it. So he says, you know what, Utah is doing something they've never done before. He has the means, and he's saying, I want to help out. If anybody wants to go to the game but they can't afford it, let me know. You know, Let me know of somebody that you know. And then he invites others to jump in. And you know, I saw, I saw that you did as well. You know, we, I'm not trying to throw it out there that me and Jake are both good and you guys should all like us for being good. But <laughs> I seriously was so inspired by that act of him that I thought, you know, I, I wish I could give more, and I'm sure you feel the same way. I wish we could do more, but I'm going to do what I can. And it, this is what's nuts. I've been I've been not vocally, but I've been cheering against Utah a little bit every game they've played in. And then when we found the family, when he put it out there, this is who is the recipient of this. And I imagine this family sitting there in Santa Clara watching the game. Oh, you know, I want to see Utah win. And then that just blew me away that I thought, I, I don't know. It, it kind of elevates you to a higher level of saying, it's at the end of the day, it's just a game. And when you can bring real joy into someone's life who needs some real joy... Uh, if you're not getting that out of sports, you're you're selling yourself short. There's more joy to be had, and there's more kindness and more love to be had. And man, I just love this. is like the coolest thing I've ever seen come out of a rivalry rivalry week. And there's been there's been a lot of cool ones in the past too. But man, this one got to me. I was sitting there at work and I was thinking about this, and I thought, man, I gotta I gotta intentionally think about something else because you know how disturbing it is if your dentist starts crying a little bit while he's doing your filling. <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, you you did that when you're doing my fillings. You're crying. Yeah. I was like, what? yeah. 
no, but no, dude, you you hit the hit the nail on the head. He is a good dude. That is an incredible thing. And the truth is, we yell and we talk about all these stats and how we hate the other team. But at the end of the day, there's been things good people doing good things like this for a long time. I mean, you look earlier there this year, there was a bet on Twitter where someone didn't pay up, and then yeah. everyone pitched in and, and donated thousands and thousands of dollars to to Steve Tate's charity in in the in that name, you know, both Utes yeah. and Cougars. So then day, as Marjorie Hinckley said, people are good. Oh yeah. They are yeah. inherently good and it's the outside forces that that turn people bad. But people are good. Yeah. They have they have an inherent goodness to them and Dr. Jason Polson, shout out to you my friend for that for that yeah. act of service. Very kind, uh very thoughtful and and uh you are an inspiration to us. So I think that's a good place to end. Absolutely. After, actually, well, not to do this, but we got to do our predictions. Like, what do you think that's going to happen game-wise? Predictions. Happen? Predictions. And then we'll bat- end on the goodness. Okay, so here's my prediction. Yeah. As with all rivalry games, it's going to come out. Both sides are going to be amped up, and it's going to be close to the first quarter and a half. Um, okay. There may be some big trick plays. There may be some big turnovers. Both teams will be amped up. It'll be within three points through most of the first half. But I think ultimately Utah's defensive line will wear on BYU's offensive line, and Utah's offensive line will wear down BYU's defensive line, especially without Corbin Kafusi. And I think Utah pulls away, wins by three touchdowns. I say 35, uh, I don't know, 14, something like that. All right. I'm going to say, actually, I was thinking pretty much the exact opposite. I see this one playing out as a 50% Las Vegas Bowl version of the Holy War, where it's not going to be 35 nothing and then end up 35-28, but it's going to play out like that. BYU is going to have their typical slow start that makes me so mad. I was so mad at the New Mexico State game because at the end of the first quarter, we should not have been where we were. And that that anger like carried me through the rest of the game where they were blowing them out and I was still upset. BYU is going to come out flat. Utah's going to go up a two-touchdown lead. It's going to be 14-0, and it's going to be 14-0 early. And at that point, everybody's going to reconsider how hard are we trying. They're going to start saying, I've seen a gif of BYU punching people, and maybe we should pull our starters back, and we should be a little careful here. I think BYU is going to claw back into this. BYU will play inspired football the second half. They're going to leave it all out on the field, and they're going to win by three points. Okay. Well, I guess we shall see what happens. All right. I don't yeah. think I had anything else written down. No, nope, that's good. all I got, my man. That's all I got. Uh, Looking forward we, to hope, it. This should be a fun game. Hope everyone has a happy, safe Thanksgiving, that you're sharing it with people that you love and that everybody's happy. New sponsor this week, by the way. Uh, yes. Sponsored by Pile, Wheel, and Brake in South Salt Lake, Utah. Go there okay. for any of your brake and wheel needs. The Did owner you say is an incredible. Pile? Kyle Wheel and P-Y-L-E, Pile, Pile Wheel, okay. and Brake on 3rd West and about 3,300 South. Good, honest, genuine owner. He's a great man. And uh, go there for any of your, your brake needs. Yeah. You know, especially this time of year, the roads are getting a little icy. It's good to just, you know, make sure you're taking care of there. Yep, indeed. All right, my man. Well, I guess that's it. Go Utes! Go Cougars!